Welcome to episode 62 here on Monday, May 16, 2022. Yep, I am a rhymer today. So, look, it is great to be back on our Monday morning here. Drew Skyberg today, and I am joined by Katie Youngluth. He was on the podcast a few weeks ago, and it's he's a sports crew pioneer is what we call him. So, Kaden, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Drew. How are you doing today? I'm doing swell. Look, we have a lot of stuff to talk about here on this Monday morning, so we're going to get into it. But first, I got to talk about our live show coming up Friday, June 3rd at the 1212 Sports Pub and Grill in Oshkosh. So it's in the Oshkosh Arena. And look, this is going to be an exciting event. I am looking forward to this. It's Journey to Million. We're doing a live show. Myself, Zach Roush, and Jared Valeski along with. So we're going to be doing, you know, we're going to be going through trivia. We'll be giving out free prizes. We're announcing the new the new brand, right? We're going to be rebranding. New logo we're going to unveil, and we're going to talk about the new brand name. And then from there, also, right, we're going to be talking NFL. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You can win some free merchandise with, the tr- with trivia. So there's a free thing there. And look, with that, I mean, we'll talk about subscribing to the YouTube channel, right? You got to go out and do that. But. The shout out of the week, Caden. Who are we giving it to? So I'll put you a little on the spot here. I was thinking we go with, you know, I know it's a little little delayed here, but I think we got to go with Rowdy Telez. Look at what was, you know, done this past few weeks. I know he's been a little cold, but look, I'll talk about in the stats of the week. Back-to-back, having players of the week back-to-back in the NL, that's awfully impressive. We'll talk about how rare that is. But, you know, Rowdy Telez has been hot, and I know he's been, like, cold the last few games, but he was on that nice hot streak. Yeah, whenever you set a franchise record, you got to get the shout out of the week. Most RBIs in a single game, it's got to be rowdy. Yeah, and I know we talked a lot about him last week too, but look, we're going to stick with Rowdy Telez. Sadly, as I said, we're recording on the Sunday morning, and as this airs Monday, we're going to miss Game 7, so we can't shout out any Game 7 heroics. I mean, that was the other great option to do, but look, you know, that's just how it is, and from there... You know, we're going to talk about the stats of the week. So let's get right into those. So we're going to talk about first how rare, you know, having the Brewers have back-to-back players of the week. So listen to this. Only times that Brewers have won consecutive player of the week awards. It was, they did in 1978, 1982 with Jim Gantner and Robin Yount. Paul Molitor did it twice back-to-back in 1987 on his massive hit streak. Lyle Overbay and Ben Sheets did it in 2004. And then Willie Adamas and Rowdy Tillis, they do that in 2022. So only done five times in franchise history. First time since 2004. So look, you know, it's been a special year so far. I mean, they're they're doing great things. The Brewers are ball, you know, balls flying out of the yard for them as it gets warmer and warmer. So that's good to see. I mean, in the first month, uh, nothing was flying out. So um, I, I'm excited to see, you know, from here, you know what the Brewers are going to do. I know it's been a cold week as well, but I'm not worried about the squad. It's been just a rough road trip on the road, right? Pitching has been, a, you know, abysmal, but that's okay. So next stat here. So Luis Hold Garcia. On, Joe, oh, go ahead. Talk about interrupt. It. So that hitting streak by Molitor, a little fun fact. He almost lost it about halfway through during the middle of that. He was up with two outs, bottom of the ninth, and he hit a home run to save it. So... I thought that was awesome because it was about halfway through his streak. I believe his game 15, 2-0, bottom of the ninth home run to walk it off to preserve the hit streak. Clutch. So 
Yeah, you know, going back 87 Brewers. Paul Molitor for a Hall of Famer. Number is retired. And next one here. I love this one. Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros. It takes, I don't know if you've ever seen his windup. Have you ever seen it, Caden? It is, it yes. is something. From delivering a, a pitch, it takes him the same amount of time as it takes Byron Buxton going from second base to home running. Think about that. That is something. So, you know, you have one of the fastest guys compared to one of the slowest windups. So that that's kind of what you get there. A little down in the farm report I put in the stats of the week because Ethan Small has been on fire. He has an ERA at 1.95 through seven starts so far. He struck out nine and allowed one run over five innings on May 12th. And look, Keston here is down there. He took Max Meyer. That's the top, one of the top prospects for the Marlins. Shocker, they have another top pitching prospect. Takes Meyer deep twice when the three run and a two run home run blast. So look, he's been on fire. I'm talking about Keston Hira in the minor leagues. Um, it's just tough for him right now because without Rowdy has been playing against lefties and righties. And I know like we talked about, he's been on a little slump right now, but the way he's been able to match up though against lefties, he still hangs in there and Keston Hira not being the, basically I'm saying the platoon doesn't work as Keston Hira, his career OPS against right-handed batters is 200 to 300 points higher than it is for him against lefties. So the platoon's an interesting situation. So I don't know what you do with Keston Hira here, but um, you know, he's been raking right now, Caden in triple a. Yeah. I don't know what you do with him either because there's just not a spot on the brewers. Uh, you know, second base Wong has been heating up a little bit. He has his stretches and I mean, Hira hasn't played the best defense when he's been on second this year and, you can't throw him as a DH or even an outfielder if you don't want to try that because we have all these young guys coming up. You know, Brasso has been playing good. Uh, Tyrone Taylor has been playing good. There's just no room. It's a crowded Brewers Brewers roster this year. Yeah, and the Brewers, you know, I would say, like, Andrew McCutcheon's coming back. This is without Andrew McCutcheon. It's still crowded, even without him here right now as he's dealing with COVID. But, you know, you paid him. The eight and a half million dollars, which might not seem a lot, you know, for, you know, any other team, but for the Brewers, right. That's, that's a solid amount of money being thrown out of free agent on one year deal. So, I mean, they're, they're going to play McCutcheon at DH spot against righties and lefties. We've seen that already. So that hurts, you know, Hero's case because Hero would be the guy who matches up maybe against righties and then McCutcheon against lefties. But, you know, it, and Scrowdier this year still too, mainly on the main concern right now is right. Lorenzo Cain's on his last year of his contract. He's not going to get re-signed. That's just how it is. But what's going to happen then is Tyrone Taylor will probably insert in that outfield spot. And then, you know, you can kind of move people around from there. And, you know, but look, right now it's awfully crowded. And, man, you know, when McCutcheon comes back, it gets more crowded. So that'll be an interesting situation there. On um, The game, so this would have been Friday's game. Christian Yelich, had a single in the ninth, and that was the first leadoff runner for either team since the first battle of the game, which would have been that leadoff home run for Colton Wong. So what do you think about that, Kate? And that game was interesting on Friday. I don't know if you were watching. I, I had them both on, the Bucks and that game on, but that was something. Yeah, the Friday was when Yelich hit the cycle, right? Nope, that was Thursday. Or, that was YouTube oh, game. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah, Friday. Um, yeah, I was watching the Bucks. <laughs> I no, Look, look. That's playoff basketball right now. No, no, no fault on that. But I had them both on, and 
Last one here is from ESPN. They say cancel your weekend plans. There will be seven game sevens played this weekend across the NBA and NHL. That's a record number of game sevens combined between two leagues in a single weekend. The previous record was five, and that was set May 3rd, May 4th of 2014, and all five were NBA game sevens. So think about that. You got seven. I mean, three of them already happened. And as we're recording, and then there's that, there's four that took place on Sunday. So that would be yesterday now. It was Bucks at Celtics, Mavericks at Suns, Penguins at Rangers, and then Stars at Flames. So, uh, Caden, we'll hear your game seven pick for the Mavericks, Mavericks at Suns. I want to hear your pick on that one. You know, I've been wrestling back and forth with this. I think we're going to have a Luka takeover. And I I can't confidently predict it because I could see the Suns taking it if Aiton stays at his level. But I'm saying Luka take over once again and Mavs pull it off. Yeah, I I like that. You know, Luka has, I think he's averaging 39 points per game in elimination games. I saw something like that. That could be a stat of the week itself. Look, but I'm going to go. I'll take the Suns here, right? You know, more experienced squad. Um, I, I certainly see Mavericks pulling this away, but I think the Suns it almost seems kind of like what the Bucks had last year in a, in a way. I know that kind of different here, but, you know, maybe like how the Bucks kind of fought in the semis last year in seven. I feel like we're kind of seeing that from the Suns this year, and I think the Suns will be – they're the better team, and I think they'll get the job done. But we'll have to wait and see on that. And let's go to on this day here on this day, Monday, May 16th, 2022, as I said, is the date. And here we go. We got a lot of stuff in here, a lot of baseball as well. So on this day, 1927, New York Yankee, Bob Musil, he steals second, third and home. So there, there's something there on this day in 1941, the first U.S. radio performance of Robert Russell Bennett's symphony in D for the Dodgers. So. Had to include that as it was sports related, of course. In on this day in 1953, Phillies Kurt Simmons gives up a single, then he retires the next 27 in a row. On this day in 1965, Baltimore Oriole Jim Palmer's pitching debut, and he beats the Yankees seven to five, and he hits a home run in his first outing there. On this day in 1975, Muhammad Ali he TKOs Ron Lyle in 11. For the heavyweight boxing title. 98 NBA championship already here. The 34th NBA championship. LA Lakers beat Philadelphia 76ers four games to two. And Caden, think about that. May 15th or May 16th, my bad. The season ends for NBA. And think about how when it ends now. It talks about, you know, the playoff expansions, all that stuff. Would you mind it ending like a month early? Or what are your thoughts on that? You know, I started getting into the NBA about five years ago, right when the Bucks were starting, right before the Bucks started getting good. So I didn't really know when playoffs were. And then when COVID happened, I got totally thrown off with the whole bubble thing. So for me, who's not been a lifelong NBA fan, it wouldn't bother me too much if it ended earlier. But, you know, some of the diehards who've been watching NBA longer than I have, you know, that that might impact how they like it. Or I like the expanded teams. I like... I like the play-in game, so yeah, four more games. Playoff game, play-in games, yes. Quarterfinals, no. Quarterfinals, look, those series are a joke at this point. Look, it's it's gonna be oh, your favorite team wins in four or five. Like they've been think about how many blowouts we've seen in the playoffs. You know, like like all that is at that point. That's just revenue gaining. You know, way 
And like just keep expanding in playoffs because that's, you know, how professional leagues get more revenue. And at that point, right, you're seeing teams that maybe don't deserve the playoffs to make it. You see teams under 500 records. Like, that's not a playoff team. Right? So when over half the league makes the playoffs, I mean, there's a problem there. But that's that's a talk for another episode. But usually, you know, the right team wins in the NBA, so I can't really complain about that. It, it more infuriates me in baseball, and I've I've emphasized that because you can see teams get hot. So, again, we might see that 85-win team make the playoffs this year just because of how it's structured. So not really excited for that, but hopefully, you know, justice is served and the right team wins. So on this day in 1984, um, McKay, he, that's the last name of a person. I I don't, they didn't include it. I'm sorry that he pays $218,718 for 44,166 tickets to keep the Minnesota twins in Minnesota. And the Twins, they sell 51,863 tickets as a result, but only 6,346 fans show up for the game. So that was in 1984. Think about that. That's a wild stat. But the Twins are still in Minnesota. So it, it, I guess it worked. Is that how this works? But I, I guess so. Wild stuff there. On this day in 1996, to wrap it up here, Sammy Sosa is the first Chicago Cub to hit two home runs in one inning. So... There's a stat there. Cubs been around for a while. In 1996 was the first time done by Sosa. So with that here, let's go to the weekly sports talk here, Caden. Let's talk about the NFL schedule that was released this past week. And boy, we saw a lot of good stuff. We got to see, you know, the primetime situation, right? The teams Packers will have five primetime games. So they're tied for the most, I believe is how that works. If I'm not mistaken. And the Detroit Lions, they have zero primetime games so uh they're the only team with zero i believe so not you know not really happy with that our our lions fans but um i got i got a schedule thing right now that breaks down the best games for each week but we'll talk about you know the nfl schedule as a whole the hall of fame game was announced thursday august 4th that's jaguars at las vegas raiders really it's at the hall of fame tom benson hall of fame stadium so that should be a good thing there. That's preseason, though, keep in mind. So it's just uh, just that there. And then remember, they have the three weeks of preseason now. So that's how it works. And they're actually starting to put some of those preseason games on ESPN. Thursday, August 18th, uh, the Bears and Seahawks are on ESPN. And then also Amazon Prime Video. So that's going to be a new way. We have to watch some games. 49ers at Texans. Thursday, August 25th. That's the last week of the preseason. What do you think about putting preseason games on national television? You like it? What do you What do you think? Um, you know, mostly I barely ever watch preseason games. Um, I'll watch the Packers or I'll watch, like, if there's some rookie that I was really high on, I'll watch. But preseason games on national TV, it's just a money-making thing once again. I yeah. don't – I have really no interest, respectfully, because, look – Maybe, you know, you're, you're looking for the Fantasy Dynasty League, right? You're looking to see what, guy, what guys look good, what guys might have a good year. But, you know, I, I don't know if that really is going to work here in football. But um, just looking through that. But overall, you know, week one kicks off, you know, starts with a bang. Bills go to Los Angeles to play the Rams. What I wish, you know, may I, if I want to Bills, Bills and Packers, obviously, is the lead one. But I, then I was like, Bills and Rams would be just fine. So... We did see, you know, we almost saw that, but they're going to kick off the year here Thursday, September 8th as the first game, 720. And then um, the first Sunday night game, Buccaneers and Cowboys, shocker. 
And then Broncos is at Seahawks Monday night or right away. So we get to see, you know, Russell Wilson goes right away back to Seattle. So quick, you know, the quick the turn there, but uh, you know, did, did you go through the schedule? Was there like a favorite week, you know, favorite slate for, um, for like, just overall an NFL game that you're like, I got to watch this. Um, you know, I don't know that there's one that I have to watch. There's a lot. I mean, the Buccaneers schedule, I've been following the Buccaneers a little more since Luke got drafted and they play seven playoff teams. So there's a couple games on there that I have, you know, marked, you know, Tom Brady's potential last year going against, you know, he plays the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and stuff. I like the double header on Monday night football. I'm excited for that. I don't remember what week that was, but uh, they officially announced there's a double header on Monday night. I'm excited for that. Um, and then there's, you know, Packers, obviously lots of good matchups that we're going to see. Um, and another team, I'm excited to watch the Packers play the Lions this year because even though the Lions didn't get a primetime game, I'm thinking the Lions are going to shock people this year. They're going to take a massive leap. We love hearing Caden's world predictions. So there, there's one of them. What, what kind of record do you are we thinking right now for the Lions? For the Lions. Well, unfortunately, they're young, so I think they're going to start out a little cold. And uh, I'm thinking they'll pick it up towards the end of the season. They're going to beat the Packers in the last week of the season like they always do. <laughs> so I think that they'll probably, you know, be mediocre like a 7-11 uh, I know seven, ten, eight, nine, wow. but they won't finish last in the division this year. The Bears will. Oh yeah, I think the Bears are the worst team in the division. Like the Bears have a chance, I think, to like, you know, I'm talking like two, three games they win. Like I think it could be that bad this year. But we'll, we'll save the NFL preview for you know more of another episode here. But talking through the schedule, here it is for the Green Bay Packers. The regular season games. I'll read. Actually, let's go to preseason games first. It's 49ers, Packers, and that will be, we don't know where, and then it's New Orleans and the Packers, and then it's the Chiefs and the Packers. So there are your preseason games. But here are the regular season games now. The 17 of them, Sunday, they, they play on Sunday, 325 against the Vikings. Sunday night, they play on the 18th against the Bears. Sunday at 325 again at Tampa Bay to play the Bucks. Then Sunday, they play the Patriots at 325. Then they play, of course, Sunday, October 9th, 8.30 a.m. They go they go to London. So they play there. I don't know what your thoughts are on that game. We talked about that a little last week. Um, not really a fan of taking a home game away for that, but you do play the Giants. So it's, again, it's not as bad as we thought, but still not good. Yeah, I... I'm all for the foreign games. Um, I really wish they'd somehow work it better on the travel back. Uh, no buy. Just because I know that's a long flight for players. And I don't know. I don't like taking away home game. But like you said, it's the Giants. So no matter where we are, it'll be like a home game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> there are a lot of Packer fans overseas. So that does help out. And then we play the Jets. And that's on that's in, a noon game. Go to Washington, play Commanders. Sunday night football at Buffalo play the Bills. That's going to be a tough game. Sunday, you play at Detroit. Sunday, you play at home against Dallas. Thursday night football against the Titans, so that's prime video. And then you go back-to-back prime time. You go Sunday night then against the Eagles. Sunday, and then you play the Bears. 
A buy then December 11th is the buy this year. Not not too bad. You know, later buy. I do like that. Monday night against the Rams. Sunday against the Dolphins. And then uh, another Sunday here against the Vikings. And then we do not know if the Packers are playing on Saturday or Sunday against Detroit. So that's always like they might flex that game, right, for, you know, playoffs or whatnot and yeah i read that the game will for sure be on the 8th which i believe will be that sunday but the time is not picked out yet okay that was like a leak it's not official but that was the leak so in sources indicate that so keep that in mind everyone but sunday we'll, we'll go back to the opening opening day we'll call it sunday september 11th at minnesota Look, Zedarius Smith, I know he was already talking. He's he's coming hungry, he says, or, or there's some, something like that. And, you know, what do you think for that, for the Packers? I think this game's going to be a treat in itself, but, you know, I, it would be really nice to just start the year just taking it to the Vikings, would it not? Yeah, I love good old Vikings beatdown every time it occurs. Um, Zedarius, you know, I saw his comments, and I thought it was funny that he was focused on, you know, beating the pack or like playing against the Packers and stuff. And he mentioned more about playing against the Packers than he did about playing for the Vikings. So, Oh yeah. No, what is he actually excited for money, money. And he, 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 look, I mean, we, we've seen athletes like, like this, right. You know, I'm playing for money. I'm not playing, you know, for winning. So he, he went out, he didn't go to the team that would, you know, give him the best chance. So when he went to the team that would give him the best chance to make money and look, you know, business decision, right. Um, you know, NFL players have a shorter career. I mean, it makes sense, but come on. Don't at least like, you know, at least voice it. Like, you know, you're playing for the team. Like I, if I'm a Vikings fan right now, I don't know what I'm thinking about. Zedaria Smith in terms of, you know, oh, he wants to be the Packers. We love that. But, you know, it's more about winning, is it not? So I, I thought that was an interesting, you know, take made by Zedaria Smith there. But look, I, I mean, I, I like the Packers offensive line against that Vikings pass rush. So. I'm not worried. I'm excited to see how this team plays. I think they have some great pieces. And look, we love how they drafted. So I think that's going to be something there. But we're, we're not going to go through our Packers, you know, record predictions just yet. Those are going to be saved, of course, for the Packer season preview on Journey to Millions. So that'll be coming, you know, of course, in the fall. But look, Aiden, this is, this is going to be a, a good year, I think, for Packer football. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, one thing about the season opener, September 11th. I love when it lines up on that day because the tributes to 9-11, I get goosebumps every year watching the TV and, you know, it's just something more special, more meaningful when it lines up on the day instead of, you know, September 8th, September 9th, you know, leading up to it. I just, I love the tributes and I'm excited, excited for that. Um, It's just a bone chilling experience in my opinion. And, you know, we're, too young to really recall you know I was born yet but I don't obviously recall anything so just you know hearing about that and uh the Monday night doubleheader I'm looking forward to was week two here it's Tennessee versus Buffalo you know maybe we'll see Malik Willis already you know coming out Monday night week two and it's the Vikings versus Eagles so two good games you know not one that should be a blowout so I'm excited for that yeah um, as you said, it's going to be a great year and all the things you said, right. About it, like aligning up on Sunday, September 11th, you were spot on with that. So that's going to be, that's going to be good to see, of course, that all 30 baseball teams are playing that day too. So it gets even better there. So we get to have all the, 
all the tributes on that same day for all the sports. So uh, with that here, we're going to roll to baseball. So in talking about the Brewers right now, look, it's been an interesting week. Um, you know, you go, you go to Cincinnati, you're like, I'm going to sweep this team, right? We, we just lose two out of three against Atlanta. It's like, okay, pitching was bad, whatever. Let's take it to Cincinnati. It was warm all three days. And when that happens, Great American Ballpark is a hitter's park. When the ball, when it, when it gets warm outside at that park, home runs fly. And look, I thought the Brewers in those three games were pitching too much to Cincinnati's strength. They're pitching, you know, they're throwing high fastballs. They're throwing pitches elevated in the zone. And that's when the, the Reds seem to get to the Brewers, I think, in all those scenarios. But um, we saw like Woodruff get, you know, he got rocked basically, because look, he was throwing elevated fastballs. He was throwing, you know, pitches up in the zone and, you know, against them the week before he had 12 strikeouts and then pitched very well. And then just the opposite happens. He's been rough so far this year. And, uh, you know, uh, that's been a little concerning, but look, Hauser gets rocked then on the game. And that was Wednesday was that game. Uh, not Thursday, as I said earlier in the episode, because they had that off day Thursday, but uh, it was 14 to 11. Look, the Reds pitching staff is still not a great one. So, you know, you're still able to maybe come back from like that 14 to five deficit they were experiencing. But look, uh, Hauser pitched not well. Um, they win that lone game Tuesday, though, thankfully. And I, I don't know. I I think this is just a series you throw away. But, you know, from the bats, bats look good. Pitching has not looked good so far this road trip. And, you know, from what you see from those three games in Cincinnati, Caden? You know, I just couldn't believe, you know, Woodruff gets rocked, Halser gets rocked to start out with, and Cincinnati's lineup isn't good by any means. So when we put our bullpen in when we're down, you know, a couple of runs, especially on Wednesday, um, I don't recall the pitcher's name as his debut on the year, and he just goes in there and gives up, you know, seven runs in the eighth inning or whatever it was. It's like, come on, guys, don't give us a fighting chance in this game. But instead, no, we just want to – get rocked and not even give our offense a chance because all of a sudden you look at the ninth inning and all of a sudden, oh, we're only down by three here, but it's too late because our bullpen couldn't, you know, keep it just a four or five round lead. Instead, they want to get us down by nine. And our bullpen in all those situations, especially, you know, you look at our 5-4 win, um, I think that was Burns pitching Tuesday. No, I don't, I don't recall his pitching, but I remember watching the game and it was a, a good game and all of a sudden, you know, it's a five, two game. And then we give up two runs and you no know, hater was warming up anyway, but I think that was Williams that day that gave up the runs. It's like, come on bullpen. You know, the Brewers have been known for their starting pitchers in bullpen and they just didn't show up versus the Reds or not showing up versus the Marlins. It's, it's been not a good combo to run into right now. Yeah. It's been a tough you know, go around right now for the Brewers pitching staff. It was JC Mejia who was or Mejia who was pitching in on yeah. Wednesday's game, uh, in that um not so great outing. And look, the Brewers they're gonna have to trade for a middle reliever down the line, quite frankly, unless they're able to, you know, if Ethan Small ready and work him in a middle relief role, kind of like Suter. But like, I I wouldn't trust that yet. So I I you know, you got to go trade for a guy, and it can't be Daniel Norris like last year because that was a disaster. You know, you get. Yeah, I think I think our solution is actually on the team. Why are we putting Aaron Ashby as a starter? I I cannot wrap my head around that one. Um, 
he's been great in middle relief this year. You throw him as a starter, starter, and you know the second time through the rotation, he just starts getting rocked. And I mean, I've only watched one game that he started, and I think that might have been all that he started so far this year. But we cannot start Aaron Ashby. We learned that last year. We're learning it this year. I mean, he's great in middle relief. You know, eat up two or three innings, but he's not. He's not a starter. Pull up. You know, pull up an Ethan Small. Pull up. You know, some other guy. If we want to try running six pitchers, but Aaron Ashby is not the answer for that sixth pitcher yeah. yet. Postseason, no. I, I, I mean, I understand kind of why they're trying to keep arms fresh for that. And Freddie Peralta was the guy who pitched Wednesday. Wanted to add that or Tuesday, yeah. I meant. So, um, there. But look, uh, what the solution? I think Aaron Ashby got to use him. How I'm going to throw like Michael King out right now for the Yankees. He's throwing like two to three innings. He's throwing flames out of the bullpen. You know, a lot of strikeouts. That's what Ashby is. He's that that middle reliever who, you know, he might he's gonna kind of you know piggyback off someone's outing. So let's say you know, Freddie Peralta has like goes only three or four innings. You're gonna get like throw Ashby in there. You're gonna get like innings five, six, and seven out of him. So he's gonna keep you in that game. And I mean, that's kind of the role I think that that Aaron Ashby is right now for the squad. And that's a winning role right now. I mean, that's that wins you games. That's you know, I'll say that's like a, that's an outgetter right there, and that's someone you need. Like that's what the winning teams have. So, I think that's how you need to utilize Ashby going forward, and I think that's going to benefit the whole the team as a whole. So you don't have to throw, you know, Luis Perdomo in there a lot, and even JC Mejia. So I think those those two guys, you know, even Hobie Milner. I, I just think there needs to be a trade made, you know, to get one of those guys out. I know Trevor Gott's a guy we haven't talked about a lot here, but he needs some love too. I know on Saturday he got kind of look. The Brewers' defense has been horrible on this road trip. We'll also talk about it. Uh, look, it hasn't been any better. Um, but let's talk. You know Miami, right? You go pitching duel. You have one of the best pitching duels of the year, Pablo Lopez and Corbin Burns. And Corbin Burns actually gets a win. he doesn't get the win here, but Corbin Burns doesn't get a loss. I guess is how I should word this. They win two to one, um, and that's always good to see. Pablo Lopez looked phenomenal. And then the Saturday game, the 14th, Trevor Rogers they face. And, you know, he looked he looked pretty good. I know Adamas got to him there, but like um Marlins went nine to three. Lauer was again, he was pitching elevated in the strike zone, making mistakes. And, you know, when you when you do that, uh that that this is what's gonna happen and you're gonna give up some runs. So I, I liked what I saw from Lauer, you know, I but he just there's too many mistakes made, and that's the same like People ask, is Woodruff broken? You know, Woodruff is just fine. Uh, he's just getting, you know, like I said, he's just making too many mistakes in the strike zone. And once he fixes that, look, the stuff is there. This, the, he has the strikeout stuff there. He's going to he's gonna go over 200 strikeouts this year. I'll tell you that right now. So it's like, okay, well, it's all there. And you just, it just needs to come together in terms of control and not making those mistakes. But, you know, so far in this Miami series, we're one on one so far, Kate. And what, what, how do you think this rubber match is going to go Sunday? I know. Uh, it'll be over by the time this airs, but you know what are you thinking here? Well, I you know you've preached that elevated fastball. I think you know we stay away from that elevated fastball. We'll be fine. Uh, lower yesterday, I watched the game, and after he gave up the first home run, they said, you know, giving up a solo shot isn't the end of the world. That's better than walking all these guys and giving up base hits. And then he goes and gives up another home run, and then it's a two-run home run, and I'm like. Yeah, the color commentators probably are biting their words after that one, you know, saying, oh, yeah, one home run isn't a big deal. And then, boom, there's three in that inning alone. So today I'm I'm going to be 
Evan back to Stephen's point, listen or yesterday I will have listened to the game on the radio. So uh, you know, we'll see again, you know, it'll probably be third, fourth inning until we start seeing runs up on the board because the Miami pitcher and the I don't even know who's pitching today. But you know, that's how this series has been going, you know. Not a lot of runs early, and then the bullpen gives them up, or the starter right at the end gives them up. So I'll interrupt you if that's okay. Brandon Woodruff's pitching, and that's Eliza Hernandez of the Marlins. So Brewers okay. are certainly favored in terms of the matchup today. But yeah, I just, I mean, the Brewers, you know, I don't know. I and mean, they have seen that their bats have quieted down. You know, Rowdy's quieted down. Adamus had a home run yesterday, but he's been in the slumps. So either, you know, hopefully today's that breakout day where we just, really take it to the Marlins and, you know, we get the series win on Sunday. Let's do it. Yeah. So um, then here, we're going to talk about the Brewers, you know, of course the prediction challenge for this upcoming week. So six games here on the slate and let me read them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they play the Atlanta Braves at home. They are back home finally. And you got off day. Then Thursday, a travel day for Washington as the nationals, they come in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Let's talk about the giveaways. So uh, Tuesday's healthcare appreciation night. So keep that in mind, the 17th. And then Saturday, they have I Love the 90s tour. So they have a post-game concert featuring Vanilla Ice, Treach, Tretch of Naughty by Nature, and Rob Bass. I don't know the 90s, so I, I am sorry if I butcher those names. But Willie Adamas then, the bobblehead is on Sunday. So a packed weekend there. You know, that Willie Adamas bobblehead's fire. If you can get your hands on one, you better go and get one because that's going to be awesome to see. And look, those are the six games on the slate, Caden. Anything else to add? And I want to hear your record as well. Um, To add, no, I uh, that bobblehead is sweet. You know, I think awesome. I have one lined up that I'm going to be able to get uh, from someone that's going to the game that doesn't really care about bobbleheads. So hopefully uh, they hold true and I can snag one from them. Uh, prediction, I'm going to say that, you know, it's a tough week. I'm going to go four and two. I think when we come back home, the Brewers are just going to liven up, you know, two or three from the Nationals at home. And the Braves, you know, they've, they've been not great lately either. So I'm going to kind of go two and three there. It's going to be as uh, a coin flip every game. You know, I don't care about pitching matchups, whatever. The Braves are so hit and miss and the Brewers right now are, you know, sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. So I think we take two or three from both teams, though. All right. So that gives me then three and three or five and one. So I will go five and one. I always like to go up here. Look, you're playing the Braves at home. I think we can take two out of three from them. Let's sweep the Nationals. Then. Let's put on a show offensively. Look, this was the series last year, and Christian Yelch had that grand slam that really got it. He had a big weekend. And hopefully we can see that again. Look, he's been hot, has that cycle, which we really haven't even talked about yet, but has that cycle against Cincinnati. First cycle in Major League Baseball could have also been our shot of the week. Same with Josh Hader. So like, there's a lot of guys we could have added for the shot of the week, but we can shout them all up. We can just add them right now to the shout of the week. But hopefully Nationals, hopefully it's a big offensive weekend for the Brewers and even Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We got to win those games. It's a 12-10 start there and it's um on wednesday so that's interesting there but there you go so you hear our records here caden four and two drew five and one so that wraps up our brewers weekly talk and from there let's talk about the bucks so wow 
We get to game six. It's perfect. It's in Milwaukee. Bucks have a chance just to win the series, finish it. They get blown. I mean, I'm not, they, they get blown out. I mean, 108, 95, it's a 13 point loss. No, it's not really a blow up, but you know, the Celtics were in control, you know, for most of that game and for the fourth quarter, if not all of it, basically. So it was tough. Giannis, look, what, what concerns me, Caden, I'll go right away to talk about this. Giannis plays incredible 44 20 and six for the game puts up an absolute, you know, incredible game and plays this great. And the Bucks lose by 13. So this is a concerning me right away. I don't know how, how do the Bucks, you know, get support around Giannis without Middleton to win this game seven. We need our bigs to step up. I mean, you look, Brooke Lopez had, you know, I wouldn't say a career game, but he had a great game. I think it was uh game three and he just hasn't looked the same since. I mean, He's barely scored. Um, Bobby Portis, you know, he's been okay. But, you know, last year, Bobby was a big factor in our playoff run. And I just, I think he needs to step up. I think Lopez needs to step up. I mean, I know that, you know, you're saying all the team needs to step up. I mean, they really do. Giannis drops 40 points, you know, 44, you just said. And we get blown out. I mean, I saw an injury report this morning that Middleton is officially out. Uh, they, he was listed as questionable initially for game seven, but now he's officially out. And, you know, I don't know what else, even Drew Holiday, I mean, what else more can he do? He took over to win that game five for us and take the series lead. We need one of those guys to step up. You know, Giannis is going to play his elite level, obviously, you know, like he does. And who's it going to be? Is it going to be Lopez? Is it going to be Portis? I mean, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, you know, where Look. have those guys been? Pat Connaughton puts up a career game in game six, 14 points, six for eight from the field, two for three from three. But look, if Pat Connaughton's going to be your third leading scorer, you got to pack the bags early. I mean, right. I, it just, you're not going to win many games in the semifinals, conference finals, or finals, you know, if Pat Connaughton's your third leading scorer. And that's the thing against Pat Connaughton. He's a phenomenal role player, he's a key player off the bench. But look, you, this is playoff basketball. This is and this is as good as it gets. And you know yeah, you're, he's not going to be defense. I mean, go ahead. Is his defense in Game Six? I mean, I saw someone post this on Facebook that said Jason Tatum was unconscious in Game Six, and he was. I mean, he hit what four threes in the first five minutes of the game. I mean, he was he wasn't even playing. I mean, that was just game mechanics taking over. I don't think Jason Tatum could have been phased, but you still need to have a lot better defense than what we were seeing on him, especially when they were switching. And, oh, I mean, it was just, it was bad defense. And, you know, when Tatum's going off like that, you know, send a double team, let someone else beat you. But when a guy is shooting lights out, you got to stop that. You got to try. Yeah. And well, I was shocked more with George Hill, the amount of minutes he got. Like, I mean, this is, like we talked about the good, we talked about the bad, and now here's the ugly. George Hill, 19 points, 0 for 3 from the field, 0 points, 0 assists, 1 rebound. I mean, talk about, you know, getting 19. I, I look, I don't know why Coach Bud's playing this guy 19 minutes, George Hill, right? It, it's almost like Jeff Teague last year getting minutes. It's like, what is going on? It's almost, it's worse than that, I think, because Javon Carter, these are his minutes. Like, please put Javon Carter out there. He looks so much better in this system. He looks better defensively. He's a better spot-up shooter, I think. I know George Hill, you know, is a great shooter around his career, but look, 
at this point. I, I'd rather start Javon Carter just solely based on the fact, you know, I, I think he's, he's going to give you better defense because, like, George Hill looked outmatched. They, he was matched up against Tatum some points just based on how the defense rotates. And it looked ugly. Look, George Hill cannot be getting 19 minutes in game seven if the Bucs want to win here. It needs to be, you know, close. It needs to be that maybe one to five at most. Look, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Wesley Matthews didn't do much offensively as well. He played 28 minutes. Grayson Allen didn't didn't do much. One for seven from the field. He needs to be big in this game seven as well. But yeah, Grayson Allen hasn't done much at all this whole series, this whole playoffs. I mean, he's, I don't think his highest was. He did good against the Bulls. He had those phenomenal games there. But like in this series, he hasn't done much. Yeah, I want to see more out of him. You know, is our big trade acquisition. We signed him to two more years. Like, let's let's see Grace Nail and you know go out there and shoot. And you know, I just pulled up the stats from Game Six and three pointers. We were seven from twenty nine, and the Celtics were seventeen of forty three. So they shot forty percent from three to our twenty four. So like that's where I mean, Tatum obviously you know he was going off, but we. That's that's our key right there. You want to talk about key to the game seven? It's that three pointers. We gotta stop them from shooting. And Wesley Matthews, Grayson Allen need to step up and hit the threes. I think Giannis was perfect from three in game game six. If I do believe I two think for three, two for two. Oh, he's two for three. Okay, I missed the last shot then that he took. Yeah, but look, the Bucks. They they. You beat the Bucks by shooting threes. Everyone knows that. So that's why, you know, so this Celtic team likes to take, they like to take threes. So that's something to keep in mind, just how the Bucks defense plays. They'll limit the shots in the paint. You know, it was good to see Al Horford not go off because that's always infuriating. But then instead, Marcus Smart goes off. And then, of course, Jason Tatum goes off. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Jason Tatum, seven three-pointers made. Marcus Smart, five for nine. Like, come on, come on. But hopefully that can change here in game seven. Look, I'm gonna go Bucks in this game. Bucks need need a win here. I, I and I know everyone's compared it. I'll do the cliche they compared last year, like against Brooklyn. It's gonna be a great game, I think, down the line. I think the Bucks can pull this out. What do you think, Caden? Yeah, I think the Bucks can pull it out. You know, Tatum's gonna drop 40 points on us again. I just have a feeling that it's coming again. Um, but you know, hopefully Drew Holiday can lock down. I don't even know he's been matched up against Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart. I think I've seen him a lot against Smart, I do believe. So hopefully, you know, Holiday can limit them to under 20 points again. Because um, once you have three guys dropping over 20 points, that's that's not a winning formula. So hopefully they can, you know, limit the other options here for the Celtics. And I think they can pull it off. Coach Bud, you know, He's he's gonna figure it out. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, look, right now they got Celtics as five and a half point favorites. Just to point that out, I think just you know really helps them being home, of course. But the Milton being out is the other key factor in that. But we see the Warriors move on. We see the Heat move on already. So winner plays the Miami Heat, and you know personally we would, we would prefer to have play the Seventy Sixers. I think of course, but. If we see Heat Bucks or Heat Celtics, that's both of those series are going to be good for basketball. I think those are going to be fierce, competitive, but I really, you know, I really honestly hope, of course, we see Bucks Heat get a little rematch in there. And then, you know, Warriors, Warriors Suns would be cool and all, but like, you know, Warriors Mavericks, I, I still think would be the best for basketball, right? But um, overall, I mean, 
Is there any specific series you're looking out for? No, I I would like to see a Bucks heat just from the standpoint of I want to see the Bucks move on. And I love that matchup because Jimmy Butler versus Drew Holiday. I love watching him go at it during the regular season. I would be excited to see it. I actually, you know, if the 76ers are healthy, I would have preferred to play the Heat just because uh, Joel Embiid healthy scares me with this Bucks team. Um, I know Lopez is, he's a defensive presence, but he just hasn't been it, you know, especially in the playoffs. I know he missed you know, some time this year already, but I just, I'm excited to see us go against the Heat and hopefully, you know, today, hopefully today, we pull it off for yesterday for you listeners listening. Hopefully, you know, you're preparing for a Bucks heat game, game one. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So anything else here before we wrap up with some trivia? Um, I would like to see the heat bucks too, just cause uh, I love PJ Tucker. So Ooh. if, if the heat would beat us, I would be semi okay. Just because I like PJ Tucker. <laughs> Last year did it for you. I'm sure. We- yeah. Tucker on the Bucks, but all right, getting some Stevens Point trivia. How you feeling? Um, you know, let's let's see how it goes. I I'm not entirely sure because Stevens Point trivia, no clue what that entails. One of them is not. I'll give you that one as well. I'll give you that as a hint here, but not really a hint. But all right, question one: How many wins did the Stevens Point men's hockey team have in 2021 to 2022? Do not worry, worry here. You have options. So they play 28 games is hint one. And here's option. Option A, 17. Option B, 19. Or option C, 21. Um, well, they didn't win games. conference this year. So I'm going to say that it is not 21. I'm going to go with 19 was an option, right? Yep. I think I'm going to pick that because I know we were close to winning it, but then we lost to Claret at the end and that puts, puts us back out of playoffs or out of the title. So they won 21 games. It was see here 21, six and one on the season. I know they didn't win conference, but look, that team was great. I was, I watched a couple of games, right? I mean, do talk about a nice squad them. there, but I seems playing them hockey that D three men's hockey gets intense. So yeah, it's in, awesome, especially in we act play. But all right, here's a true or false one. So I'm gonna read a statement. You tell me if the statement's true or false. The UW Stevens Point men's basketball team won a conference game. A single conference game. Oh, I know they are terrible this year. Um, I know they lost to Platteville. I was at a game. I was at the Platteville game, and yes, they were horrendous. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, False. They won at least one. I'm going to go with. Well, you said false, which, and the question, the statement was if they won a conference game, and your answer oh, of false is correct, though. No, your answer oh. was, we'll, we'll give you that one. Uh, oh, they went 0 12 in WEAC play. I knew they were terrible, but they were, yes, also, they were that bad. We uh, got kicked out of the NCAA tournament for all you listeners who don't know Stevens Point. So uh, we don't have a lot of people that come to play men's basketball. Why, so our team is why did you guys horrendous. get kicked out? Um, you know, it's something to do with, uh, coaching, tampering or whatnot. Our coach got fired and not a lot was uh, released about it. When was the, when does the band end? Uh, after I graduate. So it's that long Oh, so you're not going to get, you know, much. 
Until then. It was a five-year ban that started in 2018, so 2023 it'll end. There you go. So question three, who is the Stevens Point 2007 graduate who pitched for a variety of teams, including the the Washington Nationals and Detroit Tigers? (laughs) Pitched for the Brewers a little bit. Oh, man. He's donated over $500,000 to the baseball program. New scoreboard donated by his name. Man, you know, I, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, God darn it. All right. You, you, you want the name here? Yeah. Jordan Zimmerman is the guy. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I knew you know exactly who I'm talking about as you, you've brought him up to me before. So he was just visiting point about, I think it was three weeks ago. He was at a baseball game. There you go. Big big Stevens point news. He's a pointer pointer for life. They say, so what is the name now of the Stevens point school song? Oh gosh. I, I, is this something you guys know? No, I, I mean, the band plays it, but I couldn't tell you the Valor school song. I went to high school. So. Well, okay, so, you know, some of these are a little tougher. That's just how, you know, trivia has to be sometimes. So, the name of the school song is On On Stevens Point is what they do. I didn't know with band, right? You know, sometimes you see the the school song. So, didn't know if they have ever, like, called it or have the name up, you know, in the gym. I've heard it, and it's probably up in banners, but I've never sang it or anything. Here's an easier one to wrap up. How many Brewers have five plus home runs on the season so far? I do have options. All right. A2, B4, C6. We got Telez. We got Adamus. Yep. I think Renfro's now eclipsed that mark. Um, and the options are two, four, and six. Two, four, and six. Well, I'm at three. So I'm going to go with four. Just there you to... go. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> got it there. Two of five day for the point trivia. Look. That's trivia can be tough sometimes, and you know, here on the sports group, it's no different. So, you know, now you know, now we know on on Stevens points the school song, and yeah, yep. so I, I, there's something in there a little, little tough, right? I, I, I can't really name Milwaukee school song, so you know, I had to throw that one in there, see if you knew it. But to wrap up here on this Sunday or Monday morning, um, uh, Caden, you got anything else to add? No, just uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, go Bucks, Go Bucks, go Brewers, go Packers, right? That's how we roll here. And Yeah, thank you again for coming on, Caden. I really appreciate it. Look, Caden was on last week as well, so you know, it's always great to have him on. Great football mind, great basketball mind, and great baseball mind. You know, great overall sports-minded person. So with that here, you know, social media-wise, Instagram, Georgia underscore sports crew, go follow us there for some NFL content and everything else. All sports content, I should say. Facebook, Jordan Drew, the sports crew, Twitter at JD Sports Pod. Go follow us there as well. And I already mentioned the live show, so keep that, you know, marked on the calendar there. But overall, that's everything here on this Monday morning. So thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you. <laughs>